got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Brand new episode. Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast. But before we talk that shit, let's plug that shit. TBTakesPodcast.com for all platforms, audio and visual. Like and subscribe, especially if you do it for other people. TBTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for all the merch to help support the show. Most affordable, fastest shipping merch in the podcast game. Remember, at TWTakesPodcast on all social media. And remember, review if you do, rate if you feel. Subscribe for me like you do for the rest of these idiots with a microphone and a computer. Now let's get into some more terrible wrestling takes. Oh shit, here we go. Apologize up front for the audio, but I left my microphone cord at home. So I'm doing this straight through the headset again. So again, I'll apologize right up front. My bad for the audio, audio quality, but I got a lot of stuff going on today. And I wanted to get this out while it's still, you know, semi-topical. Um, Charlotte and Nia, man, I'm just going to get into it. Fuck a recap about everything. I mean, Raw was a good show. NXT was a really good show. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's do NXT real quick. NXT and all the rumors and all that shit. I mean, last night was an indication of exactly what I think is going to happen. All the speculation about not picking up indie talent or becoming a developmental brand again. Remember what NXT has always been. It has been stars and building up young talent. And where they got away from that was Cole versus O'Reilly, Gargano versus Ciampa, and they always made it about the internal feuds without passing the torch. And they were never really looking for the next era. So maybe Gargano and Ciampa fucked that up by not moving on when they were asked to. But building that base, because this is what I think is going to happen. You're going to have... Joe, Gargano, Ciampa, these figureheads, right? The, the way Cross said it, the Mount Rushmore of, of NXT is now going to be your main figureheads. It's not going to be a Mount Rushmore, but there's going to be four or five guys and gals that are never going to move on. And they will then be the, the standard bearers for in-ring work and, and build up who is going to surpass them. So, yeah, Joe will lose the title. He'll probably be a four or five-time NXT champion. But I don't see I don't see those guys that said they would never leave ever leaving, and they're going to use them as on-screen trainers. That's what I see is going to happen because the way NXT played out with uh, O'Reilly going against uh, was it Duke Hudson I think his name is, you know, and and Joe even said it 
you know, before the cross match, he's out looking for new talent in Las Vegas during that whole thing. You know, I'm sorry, post the interview he did post the match, talking about what happened to him before the match with Cross. So, all in all, I think it's a great thing that NXT is going the direction they are because. And shout out to Marsh for wrestling on the rocks. I fucking this is half his show. <laughs> Fuck, he's the podcast co-host, right? And Justin's a Twitter co-host. I mean, Marsh says this shit all the time, and, and, and go check out his show if you don't already, because he, 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 he lends out nuggets like this. He said for a while now that NXT went from having takeovers as the base, best pay-per-view to trying to put on a takeover every Wednesday, and that's where the pro- product sacrifice for him. And you, I immediately saw it in this past show. This past show showed you that this is what they should have been doing the whole time. Put on a highlight, a highlight reel, of what you have. You have a guy like O'Reilly, who is a vet, doing his vet thing, and an up-and-comer, like, I believe it's Duke Hudson. I don't know why I can't, like, feel confident of his name off the top of my head. But you have those up-and-comers show their value, and you now learn the growth. Even Carmelo Hayes facing off with Santos Escobar was that up-and-comer showing what he can grow to be the uh, potential too. So imagine the two of them going at it, and at the end, where does Carmelo Hayes go from there? So NXT is going to be that breeding ground again, and focus on itself. Because I tell you, before before they went into this, I guess you could say consistent takeover era where they were just setting off fireworks all the time. I had a lot of fun watching them on the network, looking for for new guys that I wanted to be a fan of that maybe other people weren't yet. That's why, I mean, I really fell in love with me and Yim's work. I was like, oh, my God, this she is fucking amazing. And she'd be great back on NXT again. You know, uh, I remember Bronson Reed, first time I seen him as Thick Boy, you know, like, oh, shit, this guy's going to be something dope. You know, so if they get back to that to that era of, of developing stars on TV, like I talked about months and months ago, time on TV, time on TV, I mean... I don't see why they can't they can't get it done. I mean, we had what um, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus uh, Gigi Dolan and uh, Jesse Jane, and you can see that the vets did their vet thing while the up and comers did their thing, and we're going to see them develop. See them develop. Uh, the match with Mandy Rose and Saray was really cool. And you can tell that Mandy Rose was there to play ball and all that. So, uh, again, I don't want to jump too far into NXT because I really don't have much time today. Um, but it's it's exactly where it needs to be. This show, NXT, is exactly where it needs to be. And it's going to be great. I guarantee you NXT will be great. I don't know how I can prove it, but if it goes back to what it was on the network, that style, and stays on USA, it's going to be a fun watch. It's going to be a really, really fun watch, especially especially over two hours because they're going to use people like Ciampa for promos like he had. They're going to use people like Joe for promos like he had, and they're going to help carry you through the rest of the show while you start watching other talent. You know, I was just on Chat Grappling Cheap Pops, and, and shout out to those guys. Thank you so much for hosting me. I had a fucking blast. Had a fucking blast. One of the questions JB asked me and Chris was, how do you fix Monday Night Raw? And I, I said something like this, except, you know, more or less on just the star aspect, but it was about having 
having uh, jobber matches where you display your talent like it used to be in the 90s. I mean, we used to see that shit all the time. You know, if, uh, if and whoever, right, uh, Bulldog was just there on a match and he would face the Brooklyn Brawler and it was all about what Bulldog looked like. This is David Boy Smith and this is how he looks. And Bret Hart really wouldn't be there on TV. He would, uh, he would have a promo on the Jumbotron. You know, and that would be the extent of of what we saw as far as the matches and the the the, the promos go. So this is kind of what this NXT era is going to be. It's going to be a focus on the matches of talent. So you'll see the up and coming talent going against the veterans. The veterans will most likely win, or you'll get something, you know, kind of like the week before. With uh, with Boa and fuck the other guy. Damn it! I gotta take better notes. I gotta take better notes. But uh, but anyway, that's that's what I'm getting at. And and hopefully you guys kind of understand that that we're gonna at least that's my perspective. What I see is we'll have veterans versus up and coming talent, and it'll be about the growth of the wrestlers and the stories they tell leading into takeovers instead of trying to have a takeover every single Tuesday. And I hope they stay on USA. I really do. I really hope they stay on USA, uh, and eventually. As as things come up in the next couple of years, it just all moves to Peacock. So I don't need fucking Sling TV anymore. But that's a, another story for another day. Um, Raw, I thought, was an awesome show. The Damian Priest triple threat match was fucking dope. Uh, Xavier Woods, Woods versus AJ Styles was dope. And again, they're doing a great job of getting people to care about Riddle. Everything I hated about Riddle before, they're not doing. So I'm not saying that I was right. But it definitely wasn't a terrible wrestling take to say that all that backstage shit with Riddle was too clowny. They still let him do some clown stuff, but again, you see Randy Orton leading him to the right direction. So, now that we're moving forward and forward, who will be seeing at the end of the night get the love? It's Riddle. The last two weeks of, of, uh, of Monday Night Raw, it's been Riddle closing the show. That's a big, big thing. That's a really big thing. Uh, Damian Priest looked fucking great. Shouts to Drew McIntyre. It's the first time in forever I've actually cared about a match that he's had. And he, he did his fucking part. He was there to play ball. And he played ball really fucking well. And I've noticed as I do my notes and talk about certain things, playing ball is like my new catchphrase. So, my bad, but this is just what I'm going to say for a while. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely there to play ball. He, he made Damian Priest feel super important. And for, for McIntyre to take the pin after a nice finish, and they did it, a great move set to actually get into uh, Damian Priest's version of the the crossroads. Uh, I forget what he calls it. Again, got to take better notes. So I enjoyed Raw. I enjoyed NXT. I'm looking extremely forward to fucking SmackDown. We're getting fucking Finn Balor versus Roman for the Universal title. And nothing felt more possible for Roman losing than the way I felt. I don't know. Something just hit me on Monday. I was like, you know, they can find a way to make Roman lose the universal title, and it makes sense. Something feels right about the possibility of that happening. I don't want it to happen, but if it does happen, it actually, to me, would make sense. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens on on Friday. But 10 minutes in, Let's get to, to what I was pressing the button for today.
Charlotte versus Nia. You know, I really didn't know what to say until I listened to Pro Wrestling for Life today. I I, I need you guys to listen <laughs> to what Xbox had Xbox had to say because Monday night, fucking Twitter was flooded with, oh my God, this is a shoot. Stop using wrestling terms, okay? Because even Xbox said it. And people just don't know who a shoot is. Yeah, did it change from the match that they were supposed to have? I think so. I think so. But a shoot is an actual fight. Shoot means real, okay? It's carny language. I've listened to Steve Austin's podcast every single episode, some of them more than once, but he explains carny and the, the words and what they mean. And a work is the scripted match to make you feel a certain emotion, therefore you get worked. A shoot is when it's real. You can work yourself into a shoot by getting all your emotions situated that you then act upon it. For instance, Chris Jericho, after Brock Lesnar, opened up uh, Randy Orton. Okay, Jericho got worked. He was ready to fight Brock Lesnar for real. Okay, That's working yourself into a shoot. I don't use wrestling terms because I know I don't know what they mean all the time. But what I know is that if the match actually broke down and they started throwing fists and they didn't finish the match, then it would have turned into a shoot. No, they broke down what they were supposed to do. They kept it going with some real punches thrown in. Okay, we got to stop. We as a community have to stop using these terms that don't apply to us because we're not in the business. We commentate on the business. We we look at the business. But I mean even even Houseman who was on who was on all of Pro Wrestling for Life was using the terms and he's he's a he's a journalist. He's one of those dirt sheet guys. I mean he has his own thread his own his own channel his own, own website. I'm not trying to bury him, but you know he he says these things in those terms as if it's gospel coming from him because he commentates on the business and he, and X Pac just shut it down. And he's like, it's that's not what this is. So he you know he doesn't like to get contentious about that stuff. X Pac that is he doesn't like to get contentious about that stuff because he's he's trying to be respectful on all fronts to the performers to Houseman. To the, to the listeners, all that stuff. So he doesn't get into it that way. But what he definitely said was, it wasn't a shoot, because people don't know what a shoot is. UFC's a shoot. It's a real fight, okay? Stop stop using the terms. Stop using the terms, okay? Just just watch it. Just <laughs> fucking watch. Stop trying to guess. Stop. Stop that stuff, okay? Stop. It, it's not you, all right? It's not your lane to say these things. You're not in the business. Okay, I even have a hard time just saying storytelling, okay, because I don't know what storytelling is by wrestling definitions. If I went to wrestling school, then they would tell me and they would teach me, but I didn't. But I can, off of my assumption of what storytelling is, I'll tell you right now. The, the storytelling in the match at Wrestle uh, SummerSlam, the triple threat with Charlotte, they told the story that it would take for her to win, and even in this match with Nia. Charlotte and I, I thought they told the story of uh, Charlotte's compromised it from uh, head damage and Nia is compromised from knee damage. They they were setting up offensively, individually, <laughs> for that to be the case. Charlotte was selling her head damage for a while. Nia not really selling the knee. So let me jump into my notes here so you guys can kind of see what I was observing. And we'll just take it a little bit by a little bit and uh, 
And let me know if you guys agree, disagree, good take, terrible wrestling take. Either way, let me know. So let's let's pick this apart a little bit, and I'm just going to run through the match as far as what I saw and how it conveyed to me. Okay, that's the whole point of the show. It's the whole the whole concept of what's up is I take what I see on TV. How do I digest it? When I first watched the match, I go, something's fucking wrong. Neither one of these guys feel like coming to play ball, and they just did. And it was I thought it was just a hiccup here and there. And then I went to watch it back. And we'll get into it a little bit, but there's one part that I need to see that nobody saw. So I wish somebody in the audience would put some shit out there. But anyway, this match from beginning to end had the story of Charlotte gets bopped to the head. She's got to sell the head. She's foggy. She she played foggy a lot. And she always attacked Nia's knee. And some stuff at the neck, which I found kind of weird. Because that's not really what she does. So, But I thought the whole time it was about Charlotte going after the knee, Nia going after the head. Even the finish had Charlotte going after the knee. But actually, she got uh, kicked in the ass, bangs her head. Nia is able to land a finisher on her. So... That's the front to back on the, you know, the actual, what I saw of the match, right? Then I go back, and it took me a while because I, I, I had to get the DVR version of this, wink, wink. Um, I have, It wasn't on the next day, and I didn't record it the day of, so I had to get it late night on Tuesday to be able to watch it, Wednesday to, to really take all this in. So the whole beginning of the match wasn't too bad. All right, it was a little clunky, but it actually was pretty pretty well done. They go back and forth. They each get their shit in. No big deal, right? Um, I, I thought they sold for each other pretty well, but the actual, um, you know, again, the clunkiness, it's it's timing. It's always something in a Charlotte match, but I definitely thought Charlotte was being more active in the beginning, okay? The first spot that comes up right before commercial, Nia slams Charlotte with a spine buster. Charlotte kicks out before one. Like, there, there wasn't even a, an option to get a hand down. And then Nia has to go out on the, uh, to the outside and take a over-the-top rope crossbody from Charlotte and has to sell that. So, okay. That's kind of the only thing. And very early in the match, too, Charlotte grabs Nia's hair, and you can hear Nia say, don't grab my hair. And then Charlotte does it later, and again, this pre-commercial part, and Nia doesn't react. So I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't the hair pull thing. I'm not really sure. But right after commercial, Charlotte has Nia in a headlock. Nia lifts up Charlotte and then drops her. In real time, it doesn't look that bad. Uh, this is something Hassan brought up to, saying that it looked like Charlotte got dropped in her head. And Xbox like, did she? Well, no, she went on top of her shorts. Okay, so she didn't get dropped in her head. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that, it, you know, we have perception as fans and there's wrestlers that have perception. And look... I even listened to Ric Flair and Renee's podcast saying that uh, the two of them thought nothing happened for Bianca at SummerSlam, and I thought it was great for Bianca. So I don't agree, and I, I try not to cherry-pick at least what I do and don't for evidence, what have you. But in this instance, I feel very passionate about the fact that it, not enough of what was seen on TV was taken into account. Uh, number one, when right at the commercial when this happens, uh, uh, Charlotte's got Nia in a pretty aggressive headlock. Nia picks her up, slams her down. It's pretty hard. It does look pretty bad on replay. When they slow-mo, it looks like it is more to the head. But 
I was looking at Nia's cell afterwards, and she's selling her neck. And I know she was in the headlock. We don't know what kind of headlock was being put on. And she was grabbing her throat. So I don't know if maybe, even on the way down, it looks like Charlotte holds on to Nia's neck a little too long. I don't know. I don't know. So I wasn't trying to pick for it, but because the slam did look a little little high on the back, right? Charlotte's lower body didn't land as hard, or as even, I should say. So it, it did look a little odd. And then I'm thinking maybe, I don't know if Nia did that based on the neck or if she was fed up about something else that happened between commercial break. That's what I need to see. I need to see what happened between commercial break because however they went from the outside to the inside, it feels like that's where the something happened because everything else was really fucking bad. So Nia's on the throat, and they go through this striking sequence that Nia ends up on the ground, and Charlotte goes for the moonsault. Uh, she has to sell for the knees up, which it doesn't necessarily look like Nia got the knees up in the right way. And commentary said something about Charlotte hitting her arm and she was selling her elbow or whatever it was on Nia's opposite knee that definitely didn't get up as high as the knee closest to Charlotte. So I'm not trying to nitpick that scenario, but again, this is something where maybe Nia wasn't coming all the way to what Charlotte needed, right? So Charlotte has to sell the knees coming up. And I wasn't too sure that she actually did, okay? But then Nia hits a Samoan drop and goes for the running leg drop, okay? And by the time Nia hits the ropes, Charlotte is already up, or at least moving out of the way, which basically forces Nia to continue the move or else she looks like Nia does later, <laughs> um, and just has to stand there while Charlotte goes to run off the ropes. So Nia does her leg drop. Charlotte runs off the ropes, does her mini boot while uh, uh, Nia's seated. Nia sells that because I assume she doesn't want to get kicked in the face. And from the side angle, she moves before the boot comes. And, uh, and yeah, I, I just... Neither one of them wanted to sell that scenario. So I don't know what actually started, but this is the sequence where it really picks up. It's post-commercial. It's post-commercial. And it, it's, it, honestly, it felt like it started from Nia not wanting, again, to play ball. You know, and I, I don't... There's a lot of shit talking. I couldn't hear all the shit talking. I don't know if it, if it started from Charlotte grabbing the hair. I don't know if, if I got work the whole way, but... There was a lot of stuff that happened that seemed way too legit and way too chippy. So let's move on from post the small boot. Like I said, it looked like Nia did it in a way where she wasn't going to get hit but still sold the move. Charlotte comes over for another headlock, and Nia just stands up with Charlotte kind of selling on the ground. And even Corey Graves was like, I think Nia just got a boost of adrenaline. And I was like, yeah, this, this is definitely... This is definitely fucked up. I, I don't know exactly what's happening, but um, I, I really felt like this is exactly where it got real. First thing Charlotte does is slap Nia, and then Nia returns with a double push to the face and, and up into the ropes, and, and Charlotte has this look on her face like, I have to play rough. Now, shouts to Charlotte for stepping up, but she chops Nia. Nia no-sells it completely, and then fucking Charlotte mushes Nia right in the face again. She keeps pressing Nia's buttons. 
talking a lot of shit, and I would have loved to hear the shit talk because whatever it was with the 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 chop and then the mush, neither like I, I swear on everything, Charlotte said must have said something like, "You want to go? Let's go." And Nia's like, Nia clearly says, don't, twice. She goes, don't, don't, and then gave her the three-piece. And then Charlotte, like, you can, she reaches her fist back, man. She balls it up. She pulls it back as if she's going to strike. Nia grabs her wrist, stops her from doing it, and goes to Samoan drop Charlotte, and then Charlotte stiffs her. She, she spreads her, her, her legs down and out so she can't be lifted up. So Charlotte goes to run off the ropes. This is where Charlotte climbs up on Nia like she's a fucking tree. And Nia's just like, fuck it, not doing it. So whatever happened, man, that was the peak of it. Because they get into the moment where commentary called it a reverse DDT. From that point on, I swear, somewhere along the line, I heard, get to the finish. Because they were just done. They were just done with each other. And, I, I don't, again, I don't know if it happened during commercial or not. But that whole sequence with the Samoan drops where Nia's just like, fuck it, I'm not doing this. I swear on everything, the shit-talking from Charlotte, the way she was disrespecting by pushing the head and all that shit, look, it, it might be that they were trying to work us, and that's fine. You know, again, another thing Xbox said is, what are we all talking about now? So, hey, they're talking about it. You are talking about it. That's why you do shit like that. So, I don't, I honestly, I really don't feel like they did it on purpose. I, I've never found either one of them to really get their talent to the next level. And I'll tell you this, for everyone talking shit on Nia being rough, don't forget, don't forget when fucking Charlotte beat the piss out of Kyrie Sane for not playing her part, and fucking Becky Lynch and Asuka had to finish that match. They had to talk themselves through the finish of the match because Kyrie Sane couldn't perform. Remember that, okay? I have a big problem with Charlotte as a performer, and that's something that I don't bring up often because it's a fucked up thing. But she beat the shit out of Kyrie Sane, who then could barely wrestle ever again. Understand that. that, that that's something that still bothers me to this day that I honestly I put in the back of my head and don't bring up often. But when when Becky and Asuka had to walk themselves through the rest of that match because Kyrie Sane couldn't perform and they were the only ones worried about Kyrie Sane in that moment, remember that when you guys are praising Charlotte and shitting on Nia for not being safe. I get it. Nia is fucking reckless. She very well could be reckless. She, she's not a perfect wrestler by far. By far. And she has culpabilities in whatever happened here. But so does Charlotte. When they got to that reverse DDT, they got to that point where it was like, okay, get to the finish. I, I heard that. I don't remember who said it. Um, but I swear, they just they just stopped playing ball. You know, they really did. They really did. And then, again, we get to a point where it looks obvious that they're going for the finish once the finish is established, right? When, when the when the match is finally over, to me, it felt like they were put in the exact position they needed to end the match. Nia gets up from the reverse DDT. She catches the shoulder tackle. And I think that's where I heard uh, go to the finish. Now, I, I picked up on this live, and I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. Because, again, I heard the get to the finish early on. I saw, I saw this live, and it felt fucking odd. Charlotte goes for the figure four into the figure eight, right? But she decides to work the leg, and she drops a knee on the leg, right? And when she drops the knee on the leg, instead of going for the figure eight to get kicked in the ass, she works it a little bit and then adds in 
some forearms and punches on Naya, and Naya has to push her off with the bad leg in a way that looks like physically Charlotte can't main a uh, wrestler's position. Um, again, shout out to Nick Houseman. He said it about the cadence to a match. That's why it looked off to us as, as viewers. When you get pushed away, you're prepared to be pushed away. So you, we watch them go into certain motions. Charlotte got pushed the fuck off, but she got pushed off by the bad leg. You know what I'm saying? And and they're working that knee for the sake of the finish being believable. But in this moment, I don't think that was supposed to happen because when she lifts up the right leg and goes to work on the knee or the left leg, Nia lifts up her right leg and bends it back in that kick-you-out-the-way position. So I think she was uh, uh, thinking Charlotte was going to circle around so she can go to the finish. But then Charlotte lays the knee on the knee and then gives her the punches. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because on rewatch, I was like, oh, that's, it felt blatant. It felt blatant. blatant. The second time she lifts up the leg, she kicks it instead of spreading the legs to be able to do the figure four motion. So she's working the leg again without Nia being able to get to the next step in the finish. So had she, had she grabbed both legs, Nia could have used one of the legs one of her legs to push Charlotte into the corner. It really felt like Charlotte was actively trying to not be in that spot. And I'm not fucking conspiracy guy. I'm really not. I know that this match fell apart because the two of them stopped getting along and working towards a real match. That's what it felt like to me. So in this moment, while I'm looking for reasons that this shit broke down, it feels like in this opportunity towards the end of the match, Charlotte took liberties to get in more shots against Nia, who she feels did her wrong. So in this moment, that's what I saw. I saw Charlotte taking advantage of Nia in this situation because Charlotte felt Nia was wrong. That's my my perception. I'm not accusing her of that. That's what I think I saw. Okay? And if I got worked in this, by all means, hey, I got worked. And that's fine. But because we're used to a cadence in the match, because this turned into a fucking disaster... And I'll get to the, the rest of it in a second. Um, there's obvious tells, as a viewer, that things didn't go the right way. The third time Charlotte goes to work on Nia's knee, Charlotte finally crosses that leg, the working leg, does the turn. Nia kicks her into the turnbuckle. They did a great job with the cameras, catching Charlotte selling the head. Okay? Then Nia picks her up and fucking slams the piss out of her. She fuck I I remember the, the sound, and I, I just went, ooh, the first time I saw it. Now, Charlotte started talking shit right after she was dropped. You can see her move her mouth. Again, I wish we could hear everything. I wish we could hear everything to know exactly what the fuck was being said. Nia gets up after the pin, doesn't sell the knee at all, at all. From kicks early on to everything that happened right before the finish to the shoulder block, all of that stuff, a shoulder tackle to the knee, all that stuff. Nia sold zero. She got up, she walked straight to the back, nothing. By the time Nia got out of the ropes, before she even dropped down, Charlotte was sitting up. Charlotte was sitting up and she was smiling. And she grabbed her title and she was smiling. She no-sold the fuck out of that finish. I was actually surprised that it took her that long to get up. But I really felt like she was waiting for Nia to leave the ring. Because had she got up before Nia left the ring that's when I think the, quote, shoot would have happened. So I watched this match four times. And the the back, the, the after commercial part, probably, 
seven or eight times. Just trying to piece it all together, not really looking for, you know, positive confirmation, just really trying to pinpoint what went wrong. And what it really feels like to me is pre-commercial, post-commercial, something happened during commercial that made them go down this road. Um, because the only thing I can see beforehand was uh, Charlotte grabbing the hair and Nia audibly saying something and Charlotte kicking out on the spine buster before one even went down. Um, other than that, I really didn't see anything from Nia that would cause Charlotte to act that way besides Nia's response to something she may have interpreted Charlotte doing. All in all, if this is a complete fucking me getting worked by watching, by all means, I'm here for it. Not a problem. That's my job as a fan is to get worked, and I'm okay with that, except for even using the term worked, you know, because it's, it's not what I'm here for. I'm here to watch it and, and feel emotions. So, again, yes, technically that's the term for work, but when this match fell apart and it's two wrestlers who get held, uh, one gets held accountable for their mishandlings all the time, the other one not so much, that I felt it was, you know, compelling enough for me to do basically an entire episode on this. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, since I got to plug it up in the beginning, let me do it here as well. TMTakesPodcast.com, TMTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Pick up a regular, uh, solo t-shirt, anniversary pack, a ship worldwide. Check it out. Shouts to JB for picking up a t-shirt from the Teespring site. You're the fucking man. Chris, you're the fucking man. Best Chris in the podcast game over at Chat Grab on Cheap Pops. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Uh, be on the look in the Twitter description for the Discord link to join the Discord server. Um, having a good time over there. Also, on the website, tvtakespodcast.com, there is now an embedded feed from iHeartRadio to where if you just want to preview the show, go for it. You can just stream it right from the website, tvtakespodcast.com. That's all I got. Y'all hear the music. Thanks for hanging out. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel, follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.